0: Speaking, Kevin Blindower, I have the illustrious, the famous, the uh, ever Reverend <laughs>
1: Father Ron Kalis. Ron,
0: welcome to Kevin
1: and Kalis. Uh Thank you, Kevin. Good to be with you again. This time you put some music on that uh, I'm aware of. <laughs> some of your choices are just, uh, you know, beyond my scope right now. So. Um... But you this know, was good. This, this is a nice prayer.
0: <laughs> we're always trying to stretch, Ron, right? We have to stretch yeah. ourselves. And I know for someone, you know, has anyone who's anyone has taught me that you need to stretch, it's you. So, And you've done <laughs> a pretty good job of it.
1: Oh, well, thank um, you. So, Ron, how are you today? Well, uh, Kevin, some of our, ch- well, most of our churches in our area, the deanery that I work with, And we have uh, 12 parishes. Uh, Everybody is open. And um, in a couple of cases, they're doing some uh, on the parking lot. You can tune in uh, to your uh, FM radio and pick up the signal. So a couple of them are doing that. But I think everybody is trying now uh, to uh, open and and relate to the folks. They're also continuing with the... um, Masses online also to give people a complete uh, option there. And um, ABC Chicago channel seven is still offering a mass from the cathedral at nine thirty on Sunday. So I, I hope uh, our folks are taking advantage of all these opportunities, whether they come to the church or whether they're taking it online or seeing it on everyday TV.
0: Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, mary's seat recently um you know closed for this weekend um so we went back online and and just googled live catholic masses and uh we attended mass today virtually uh, it was a mass out of um saint um saint patrick in uh where was it clarendon hills i believe so um i thought that was really interesting um that that we found that um right. and, you know so for us we get a interesting sense of uh different uh parishes and um you know that brings in different homilies and different preachers and how actually how they're doing it uh, from uh from a safety perspective um and i know you in your role uh, in the deanery, Ron, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to explain. You've seen a lot of different churches in the deanery. So maybe we take a step back and explain to everyone again what the deanery is, what your role has been for so many years, and, you know, what are the benefits and things you've seen out of it?
1: Right. Well, uh, the Archdiocese of Chicago is uh, broken into – six major uh, regions called vicariates. Each one of them uh, has a bishop, except for uh, vicariate one now, because the uh, bishop there was made a bishop uh, in another diocese. And uh, then the temporary one came in and he was made the Bishop of Belleville. And so now the pastor of uh, uh, the Deerfield Parish Uh, Holy Cross is acting as the uh, vicar there. So we have these six major regions. Most of the time there is a bishop heading it up, and then it's subdivided into smaller units called deaneries. At one time we had 31 deaneries across uh, Cook and Lake County. Uh, It might be just a little less than that now because we went from 365 parishes down to 200, and I don't know, it's probably in the high 200s with the uh, Renew My Church uh, activity taking place in the combination, so the numbers were reduced. But uh, each of these uh, vicariates then have these deaneries, and we have, uh, I'm in in one of them, and we have right now 12 parishes, two Chicago parishes, which would be... um, Immaculate Conception on Telcott, St. Juliana's over on Tui, and then uh, Mary Seat, Paul of the Cross, Our Lady of Hope, and then we move up, uh, Our Lady of Ransom, and then into the Niles area there, we have St. Isaac Jogues, uh, St. John Brebuff, and then over a little to the east, St. Martha, In Morton Grove, and then up into uh, Glenview, where we have two parishes there Our Lady Perpetual Help and St. Catherine Laboree. And finally, uh, Northbrook, uh, where we had two parishes which combined even before the process began. uh, St. Norbert's and Our Lady of the Brook have come together as one parish. So I think the number of priests we have in the area here, one pastor for each, and then associates comes to close to 21 or 22 uh, priests and so the role uh, of a dean then is to stay in touch with the parishes Uh, and this is how pastoral governance takes place. So the dean then works with the vicar or the bishop for the area and We had monthly meetings live, and then we had a couple on Zoom, Uh, and I don't know, we'll see going into September now whether we'll be able to do something live or not. Possible, we had one live meeting out at Our Lady of the Brooks, they have a lot of room out there, and um, we had a good uh, turnout for that. People were able to see each other, talk a little bit uh share notes so on and so forth. So a lot of that uh kind of activity goes and you know we're we're caring for these uh parishes and uh the clergy, the staff people. And then we have also a uh deanery delegate uh in uh, our deanery we have two people from each of those uh, 12 parishes that come together Roughly four times a year. Oh, this year we added an extra one Uh, We generally meet at uh, St. Isaac Joe's because it's in the center and folks arrive at uh, 630. Usually there's a light supper that each of the parishes takes uh, turn uh, to host and then we talk about what's going on and it's giving delegates from each of these parishes a sense Uh, that they're not out there alone because that's been the experience before. I think people were really locked into their own parish. Uh, They knew that there were other churches around, but there wasn't much connection. So when this takes place, people, representatives from each of these parishes, see each other. They talk about what is happening. We had two sessions thus far in which the delegates reported about uh, what was happening in their parishes, and there are similarities there, and they get to know each other. It's, uh, I think it's a really good thing for this whole notion of church, that we're just not too local, but we, we are a church that spreads across uh, areas, countries, uh, counties, and uh, we work together to try to bring the good news of Jesus uh, to people in, in ways that we can. So, I suspect a lot of our listeners to these podcasts might not know about this, but uh, it's quite active and uh, it does help uh, to have this kind of relationship going with our parishes. So
0: folks out there, I mean, so you know, uh, I think the two deanery delegates for Mary Seat of Wisdom are Brian Clark and Maureen Lynch. Uh, yes. And I would encourage if anyone's interested in that role, Uh, probably to contact uh, Father Derek Um, or if you're from another parish and to contact your pastor uh, I would assume Ron this is something I know I took was a deanery delegate for a while and I think you hit on something that uh, in a couple of different ways renew my church um, and really is based in the gospel of Jesus where he instructs the apostles to Go and baptize everyone. We we are a worldwide community. We are a community beyond our parish borders, as we uh, I think have be- have become farther and farther stretched, if you will. Um, so people are uh, the parish borders. I think have I don't know, Ron? Would you agree? Not necessarily erased, but people uh,
1: sometimes shop for churches, right? I mean, I yes, yes, they do. Uh, and again it's a question of where your spirituality is nourished so if you feel that it's nourished better at one parish over another because of their style or uh, how they do things you know you're certainly free to do that so the old notion of boundaries it's there but it's not paid that much attention to and here's the other thing Um, we're able to share uh, with each other so For example, Paul the Cross and Mary Seat, two Park Ridge parishes, uh, are working together with uh, the youth. So Mary Seat has a very strong youth group, uh, Crux. St. Paul the Cross is happy to have their uh, Mm -hmm. teens join ours uh, because not everybody can have the same kind of uh, opportunity, a sharing of ministries, sharing of ministers. Uh, This is kind of phenomenon that uh, wasn't there before. Every parish did its own thing, kind of, and had their own ministers. Well, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes uh, one parish is more successful in how it's reaching out to a, a group of parishioners than another. So let's join together. Use our resources also can be an economic factor too. Um, A lot of parishes share business managers, for example, Um, and that cuts down on costs. So we're learning uh, how to work with each other a lot better, recognizing we belong to the same church and that Christ is working in us all, and we should uh, cooperate to make disciples, build communities, and spread the good news.
0: And and I know I've participated within the vicariate uh, with the diaconate. So the deacons in vicariate one, uh, we usually meet at least once a year. Usually it's around Christmas time. We have a mass um, and uh, Bishop Bartosz, we've been fortunate. uh, He will say mass and uh, he gets us all together. And and, uh, I want to say, I want to kind of categorize it as a great locker room halftime homily that, you know, it's really <laughs> to inspire us, to call us out. Um, I, I love Bishop Bartoszik. He's not a, a, a afraid to uh, to tell us what our charge is as deacons. Uh, and, just, and the wives are invited if you're married. Uh, and and we, Giselle and I both have really... Enjoyed the gathering with other deacons, and that happens through the vicariate, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it does a, you know you get some camaraderie, but you're also sharing ideas, um, right? Yeah, so I, I think it's a it's a great avenue. Ron, the other thing you touched on, and I know you've been a part of, and this has been a little bit, you know we're talking about the spirit of the vicariate is really extending. The church's borders right and you touched on maybe some of the things maybe some people have more of a negative notion uh of what renew my church is all about and i think you've you've experienced some some tough uh church closings more recently ron you want to talk about that a little bit and
1: and, Uh, renew my renew my church is the process kevin and each of uh the vicariates have formed into uh, smaller units uh, for the sake of working on this process of renewing my church. And uh, there were, we had a session, well, this is outside of our uh, deanery on Milwaukee Avenue. There are three parishes there um, St. Cornelius on Foster and Jefferson Park, St. Tarsissus. Uh, up the uh, Milwaukee Avenue, about a mile or so, and then uh, uh, a third parish, St. Tecla, on Devon Avenue. So uh, the, each parish had five reps, and they met several sessions, and then there were openings out to the entire parish so they would know what is going on. And the, uh, it, was a, it was a hard go, Uh, because uh, there were two schools involved in that uh, grouping. And the final result was to have chosen um, St. Tarsissus, which would have been in the middle, uh, with the other two parishes about a mile away. So as in other areas of the archdiocese, the names are not forgotten, but the grouping has a new name. And so the new name for that Milwaukee Avenue group is uh, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. So uh, the other two parishes now have closed officially. And so those folks were invited to become members of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and attend uh, liturgies at St. Tarcissus. Um, in our deanery, uh, the uh, parishes of uh, Niles, that would be John Brebuff, St. Isaac Jogues, and St. Martha are bonded together. And then they were joined by two Skokie parishes, which are close to them. And that would be St. Peter's and St. Lambert's. Um, so for the sake of that process... They are coming together. I don't know, you know what ultimately that's going to bring about. Uh, but they should be starting very soon now uh, to uh, have five reps from each of the parishes that the pastors appoint and begin the process of learning about each other, learning about what each parish has, uh, what can be done, uh, how many people come to Mass, uh, what the financial situation is, it's not necessarily that parishes will always close, right? Um, if they have enough folks and if they're vibrant, uh, you don't want to do that. But pulling it together, for the sake of ministry, is a way that it could happen. So this has gone on in several areas of the archdiocese now, but it's tough because people have allegiance, you know, to their local community, and so this is a big step forward to recognize that. We are a universal church, and that uh, we are even in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Cook and Lake Counties, uh, uh, bonded together in, in in small communities. But we're still Catholic, and you know we need to be there for each other and help each other. Uh, in some instances, pulling parishes together uh, makes them stronger, and then the work of evangelization can take place with a greater intensity, because that's our ultimate goal. Got to bring those those nones, N-O-N-E-S, into the fold. Uh, And we have to come together as communities and work together at doing that. That's the whole purpose of this. Uh, Could these churches open again someday? Well, you know, if if, (laughs) if we had enough folks coming, uh, that could change. But right now, you know, we've got a tough job out there. Spread the good news, uh, bring them to Jesus, and try to uh, help them to grow in their faith and make a difference, not only in the area, but in the world in which we live, too.
0: Uh, it reminds me, Brian. I just happened to be looking, and I looked up the word change in the Bible. I have the Catholic Study Bible, which I really love, and it, back, it, you could look up any word, and it points you to a passage. And I pointed to a passage about change, but if I looked up the passage, it's from first Kings, it's where Solomon is praying. And this is what he says, and it just reminds me of us reaching out to our brothers and sisters, but he's speaking of foreigners outside of Israel. And he said, Do all that the foreigner asks of you, that all the peoples of the earth may know your name, may revere you, and do your people Israel, and may know that your name has been invoked upon this house that i have built um so it you know i think it's imperative for us um to not see everyone as foreigners uh, they are our brothers and sisters and um you know similar to uh the gospel of jesus asks us you know who do you say i am and if we fulfill that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then uh, we will believe that all of our brothers and sisters are made in the likeness of God um, and and do the Lord's uh, service on earth by inviting everyone. Um,
1: That's right, Kevin. And you know, if you read the Old Testament, uh, while God chose a specific people, the Israelites, to begin the carrying of, of this unique relationship and covenant, uh there's a lot of hints in there that it's not exclusive to them it is to be open to the world uh eventually and of course that leads into the new testament and the coming of jesus and the call to all nations uh there's that famous story which we heard in a gospel just recently kevin about a canaanite woman jesus was on the edge of the territory there Uh, between uh, well present-day Lebanon and uh, Israel and we know that the woman came to Jesus seeking help for her daughter who was ill and Jesus's first response is that he came to the house of Israel and the woman was just right back at him and uh, so you know in so many words she says well even the scraps from the table you know fall to the dogs although there's a softer translation it's <laughs> in greek it's puppies <laughs> but jesus couldn't refuse that either uh, and why did he go to the edge of the territories anyway so yes it originally is with the israelites and then it is open and we see that with the apostles and particularly peter uh, who has this revelation that he's to not be afraid of non-kosher food um, as it begins to spread to the Gentiles. And then you have Paul, Paul who was a a very intense uh, Jew uh, and persecuted Christians does a reverse and becomes the apostle to the Gentiles and starts the spreading of the faith in that Mediterranean area. Uh, So yeah, it's most interesting we need to keep our our sense of this wider sense of church and expanding and bringing the good news to others that's so important
0: psalm 22 all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the lord uh for the kingship belongs to the lord the ruler over the nations all who sleep in the earth will bow low before god so that to me that's everyone who sleeps underneath the stars so um i it sometimes we forget that in uh in our day-to-day um uh, struggles with each other sometimes and maybe uh the weariness of, uh, of what covid and some of the the politics and some of the divisiveness has brought about um we get into an interesting conversation of of do we still think people are being uh, nice during COVID because I remember when, um, we were in the first lockdown, extreme lockdown, I got a sense people were really going out of their way to be very friendly. My sense is, this is just me, is that people are getting weary, you know, kind of like we're in, wandering in the desert for, for all those years. So, um, I used to finish a tagline with a lot of my emails is keep the faith.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, right. The faith.
1: Right. Well, you know, even in the church over the years, uh, Kevin, when our immigrant folks um, came over from Europe, eh, there was some struggle there about acceptance. Uh, National parishes were formed to respond specifically to a group. And of course, it was uh, language issues uh, for the most part. Um, But it took a while for that to expand. Uh, You know, we, we tend to be territorial. Uh, And maybe the COVID uh, thing is reminding us about how important it is to be there for each other and not give up Mm -hmm. uh, because of the strain that's here and the fact that this is ongoing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Right. Well, Ron, we've managed to eat up almost 27 minutes already. Wow. (laughs) So time flies when we're having fun. Uh, Any final thoughts, uh, blessing, uh, prayers, anything, Ron, you'd like to share with us?
1: okay we can do a little prayer here lord and father almighty and eternal god by your blessing you give all your people strength and support in our journey through life turn with kindness toward all of us who struggle these days whether it be with illness or psychological issues free us from all these tight situations And restore us to be people who walk together with you and with each other. So that in the knowledge of this goodness, we can all bless your holy name. And we ask it through Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. And Ron,
0: how about a blessing
1: for all of our listeners? And so, brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May you know his goodness and his kindness every day. May God's blessing now be with you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Ron, be well.
1: Thank you, Kevin.
0: Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you at the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. For prayer that will make it okay There's always some reason to feel not good enough and it's hard at the end of the day and need needs some distraction. distraction oh beautiful ring memories see from my face. is a Mary Seat of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.